When you open your social media feeds, would you say that what you see reflects what most people think? Most of us know that the algorithms driving socials are made to reinforce our views. But that doesn't mean that social media can't teach us things about attitudes. Researchers at the University of Michigan are experimenting with new technology to find out if social media posts can be an accurate representation of public opinion. I mean, it opens up all kinds of possibilities for us to better understand opinion about things, human opinion about things, sentiment about things, on all kinds of topics. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Joshua Newell is a professor at the School for Environment and Sustainability at the University of Michigan and co-director of the Center for Sustainable Systems. His team recently wrapped a study that used AI machine learning, this is not the generative kind, to sort through socials and see how Americans feel about climate change. Josh Newell, welcome to Stateside. Thank you. Nice to be here. So I want to get into what the study found, but really, we need to talk about how you did this research. Traditionally, polls have been conducted with phone calls, email blasts. I've gotten text messages asking me if I would participate. What kind of approach did you use for reaching out to people? So we used exclusively used Twitter data, social media data. We actually looked at 7.4 million tweets across the U.S. I'm so sorry. For uh, totaling 1.3 million users. And the main cutoff in terms of which tweets we could use was whether the users were geolocated in space. So was there an actual geographic address? And then we use this data and we use artificial intelligence techniques to basically code these tweets as for or against climate change. Is this the first time you've used AI in research? We've used it before but not on such a grand scale. And so it was quite an endeavor, but very enjoyable. And I was really surprised how well the results lined up with the Yale Climate Communication and their, their regular survey. So one of the, the beauties and the tantalizing aspects for us was being able to use um, social media data and not have to do surveys and not have to do phone calls and, and text messages and stuff to actually do this with the power of artificial intelligence and massive amounts of data to get very similar results. Wow, Josh, so many questions. Let's back up a little bit. I've always wondered if the location data in Twitter accounts is in any way verifiable. Are you confident that those are true and accurate? We did a fair amount of spot checking, yes. And um, we didn't use a large number of tweets because there was no geographic information. Okay, so there had so to be... So we went through a process, yeah. yeah, of basically culling those where the geolocation information either didn't seem like it was verifiable or there was none at all. Now that X is charging for verification, is there any way other than X's verification process to do that, that kind of checking? Well, we can't use X's data anymore. They've restricted greatly the amount of tweets that we can actually access. So this analysis was done from 2017 to 2019 before Elon Musk created that policy to restrict access. So unfortunately, at least in the current status, we cannot do the same study. We can't replicate the same study that we're able to using X data, at least not at the moment. What kind of tweets were you looking at? Basically, we classified tweets as for or against climate change. So just to give you some examples, for those that did not believe in climate change, we looked at texts that would specify whether climate change was a hoax or not. 
statements to that effect. Um, statements also where climate change was seen as real, but very much a natural cause and not human-made. So we were able to basically classify these texts. First, we trained a model by manually classifying ourselves 3,300 tweets for climate change and 3,300 tweets against climate change. We had a percentage of tweets which didn't have an opinion one way or the other, and so we weren't we just didn't classify that segment of the population. So that is a challenge, for sure. I think this is probably a question that would pertain to all research and not just that that's AI-assisted. But are we, are we getting an accurate picture of how Americans generally feel about climate change if, if we don't include that gray area of people who maybe aren't quite sure what's going on or aren't sure if their sources are telling them true? I would hope so. I mean, obviously, we can't get the exact sentiment in any case for even a survey in some senses, but also in this AI approach. But I would hope so. And our results did line up so closely with the Yale Climate Communication Survey, or Opinion Survey, rather, that we feel pretty good about the results. But of course, there are some in society that perhaps do not feel strongly one way or the other. So what are the benefits of being able to scrape data from such enormous data sets, millions and millions of tweets for presumably millions and millions of people? Across the entire United States, yeah. I mean, it opens up all kinds of possibilities for us to better understand opinion about things, human opinion about things, sentiment about things on all kinds of topics. Can you say more about the kind of detail that it gives you that you might not get if you were polling the old-fashioned way? Well, polling is very expensive and time-consuming and very good at what it does, but it's often limited by financial limitations. It's limited in terms of the frequency in which we can do this kind of analysis. You referred a little bit earlier to the problem that that AI users sometimes run into, the problem of hallucinations. Mm -hmm. It's something that we have talked about on the show before. A hallucination is when the AI perhaps doesn't have a perfect understanding of what it is you're asking mm -hmm. it, and so spits out results that right. you know may not be entirely credible. Can you say a little bit about specifically how the team went about trying to avoid the, the major hallucinations that sometimes occur when you're dragging social media data? Sure. Well, first, we train the model by classifying tweets for or against climate change. And then we check after we, we use that training to then run the, the larger model on the 7.4 million tweets. And then we basically do random spot checks of those results to ensure that we're reaching a high level of accuracy and a high level of confidence. So we have procedures and steps in, in, in place to try to ensure as accurate a model as possible. If you do run into hallucinations, like what kinds of things come out? Mm -hmm. Like what do those problems manifest as? Well, I wouldn't necessarily in our case call them hallucinations perhaps as much as uh, it's hard to capture and understand sarcasm in this model. So, <laughs> it's often this, a problem this, on Twitter. Yes. So capturing sarcasm and how to classify sarcasm is one of the major challenges that we, we dealt with. You know, we did the best that we could. We took steps to exclude those tweets that we thought were highly sarcastic to help improve the accuracy of the model. One of the harder challenges with this was not so much hallucinations or even identifying sarcasm. It was situations in certain rural counties where the volume of tweets was relatively low. 
And so we had to essentially exclude some counties because just we didn't have the numbers to warrant classifying uh, the percentage of those that believe in climate change or don't at, at the county scale in some situations. So we have pretty good coverage, but there are some situations, some counties where we just didn't have enough data. We need to take a break. Back in just a minute. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the stateside podcast comes from the University of Michigan's Go Blue Guarantee, committed to keeping a U of M undergraduate education within reach of all Michigan residents, regardless of socioeconomic status. Programs are available for all three campuses. More at goblueguarantee.umich.edu. Well, let's dig in a little bit more. Uh, the, the findings include that 15% of Americans do not believe that climate change is real. On the face of it, is that at all surprising? The fact that 15% of the population does not believe in climate change, yeah. um, or roughly 48 million people in this country, actually, I was heartened by it. I thought that the number would be potentially higher. So we can turn it another way and say that 85% of the population does believe in climate change. This is true. So that's, that's great. We should be happy about that. You know, I think that that's really important. So on the one hand, it is a lot of people. On the other hand, 85% of the public does believe in climate change. There is still a lot of difference of opinion and variety of opinion about what we should do about it. Yeah, I've even run across some people who believe that climate change is real but may not believe that it is human-caused. Mm-hmm. Did the research detail that difference? Yes. In fact, a lot of the uh, climate change denial tweets that we coded was looking specifically for that, the understanding that climate change was real, but that it was natural and not human-caused. It was just very frequent as a response in terms of the tweets, uh, in terms of the denial portion of our analysis. And it's frequent. It's that climate change is happening. We know the Earth is experiencing climate change, but this is a natural occurrence, and we have evidence in our history of this as well. And so humans are not the cause. But if you look at the IPCC, um, you know, reports, the International Panel on Climate Change reports, it's pretty, pretty darn clear that scientists are highly, highly confident that it is human-caused. I still wonder about the subject of the middle or people who, you know, they are online, but they don't tweet necessarily. I have noticed Twitter tends to be a little bit uh, something for older, older users generalizing here hugely. Is there anything else about the echo chamber of online discourse that is something that, that you'll be keeping in mind as you continue to design surveys with AI as tools? What was really surprising to us is how influential certain people have been on Twitter, including former President Trump. We did a social network analysis of the most influential 1,200 tweeters, both for and against climate change. And those that do not believe in climate change, it is a much smaller cohort. 
but it is a very active cohort. And there are some very highly influential tweeters in this cohort, including former President Donald Trump, but also a number of alt-right blogs, even misinformation sites. And what was striking in our analysis is that less than 0.02% of these tweets were being engaged by the believer community. So these are indeed echo chambers. So people are not communicating on Twitter or X amongst those, by and large, that have opinions differ that differ from, from their own. And so this is concerning, I think, because you're cementing opinion and you have highly influential influencers in social media that are cementing opinion and we're just not getting that discourse. Well, it's and interesting because, I mean, there was a, there was a moment with Twitter specifically that it became apparent that this might be an amazing tool in terms of breaking events, you know, the Arab Spring or other right. things going on. And you get primary information. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people felt for a long time that this was going to be a true national dialogue in a way that we hadn't had in a while. Looks like the algorithm is, uh, <laughs> has done it again. It's not really happening. Yeah, we're not, we're not seeing that much exchange between, for example, people that believe in climate change and those that don't, which right. is concerning. Because you would hope that there would, it would be a, indeed a, a nice platform for exchange of ideas and debate. And with the emergence of Truth Social, you know, Donald Trump's uh, activity there, he's not very active on Twitter anymore or at all. And that has become sort of a, se a completely separate echo chamber that's even more divorced from those, for example, that are tweeting for, you know, in belief of climate change. What does that suggest for people who do want to change opinions either on this subject or others? I think it's a real challenge. I think we have to develop strategies for that. I don't have an easy answer for that, but um, it seems that we have to do a better job of reaching out and engaging those that don't hold the same opinion as us because it's important for society to, to move forward. There are some variations in how polls in the traditional sense have seen American opinion vary across different states and regions, north to south, east to west and even among different counties in Michigan. Was there any new information that came out of an AI-informed approach to those trends? I think that our study confirmed a lot of what we know in terms of belief of climate change. So climate change disbelief is higher in the central part of the U.S. and in the, in the south. Um, I think what was interesting and surprising about our study was within states, though. For example, the belief in, of climate change in California is very high. Right? But then you have counties like Shasta County, for example, where over half of the people in Shasta County, at least according to our analysis, do not believe in climate change. So you had a lot of very geographic variation within states that we traditionally think of as you know, high climate change believing states, for example. And that was very interesting. And that shows just the, the variation we have in this country in terms of climate change opinion. So this was a huge set of data. Were you able to sort of cross-reference what the AI found in the tweets with some other sets of data, things that you knew about these people, things like uh, other facts in their life, where they live, or what they do for a living? Yes. So after we did our analysis, we were really interested to see what were primary drivers in influencing whether people believed in climate change or not. So we looked at a range of different variables, political affiliation, level of income, level of education, whether one was willing to get a COVID vaccine or not. And if you can imagine, what do you think was the strongest determinant of whether somebody believes in climate change or not? Anything surprising there? Well, political affiliation was the strongest determinant. 
So people who tend to vote Democrat do believe in it. People who tend to vote Republican tend not to. Right. Yeah. But also whether one was willing to get a COVID vaccine or not was a, was a strong determinant, as was the level of income and your educational level. And another interesting variable we looked at was the, the degree to which a regional economy was dependent on fossil fuels. And for those regional econ economies highly dependent on fossil fuels, belief in climate change was lower in those counties and those regions as well. Josh Newell is professor in the School of Environment and Sustainability at the University of Michigan. You can find the results of the survey that he and his colleagues worked on at the school's website. Josh, thank you so much for talking with us. My pleasure. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganpublic.org. Today's pod episode was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our intern is Olivia Moradian, and our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>